Safetyology, the book. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about the book I wrote called Safetyology, the art and science of developing safety in your business. This book is all about developing a safety management system in your business as quickly as possible in order to get to the, you know, what is most important in safety and that is cultural development. Hi, my name is Gary Marsh and I'm from PDC Safety and this is your Safetyology Talk. If you're like me, then you may have had struggle through developing procedures, training, you know, like the training structure, accident investigations, and everything that goes along with safety management. Today, we're going to dive into this, and hopefully I can help you to better deal with safety development. Before we get started, though, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor for today. It's me. (laughs) Safety Development finally published this book. Safetyology, the art and science of developing safety in your business. Today's topic is all about this book. We're going to uh, discuss what I wrote and how you can use the book to develop safety in your business. If you bought my book, thank you. It's because of you I'm able to continue this podcast and develop other safety programs that will help folks just like you build their safety programs. Together, we can keep each other safer through safetyology. Okay, so the first 30 pages are my story of how I ended up in the safety profession, as well as where I came from and what I've accomplished. So for about 30 pages, you will get a better idea of what I went through to develop safety and other organizations. It hasn't been all fun and games for me. There were times I wanted to quit and felt no one even cares anyway. Safety is not easy, but it can be achieved. How about I read some of this book? Uh, just in my story to give you a better idea of what I actually wrote and kind of where I came from in this uh, in this world of uh, safetyology. First of all, I better change my glasses. This is what happens when you get old. You got to change your glasses so that you can read out of the book. <laughs> all right. So it starts off with a safety uh, introduction and then I go right into my story. So I'll just read you a, a few paragraphs just to kind of give you an idea of what I wrote. My safetyology story. This is my story becoming a safetyologist. These pages represent what I had to do to create safety management systems for the companies I've worked for over the last 15 years. Each chapter in the book will discuss what I've done to create safety systems in other organizations. I hope that this book will help new safety professionals and business owners navigate the safety industry and profession. I will also tell you how I put this system together. In reading safetyology, the advice given will help you through the trial and struggles safety professionals, business owners, and managers encounter. Little did I know I'd become a safety professional. If you knew me when I was a young Navy guy, you would have thought there was no way this guy will end up in the safety profession. At times, I thought I'd end up killing myself accidentally doing the things I loved. There were times when I thought I might hurt my kids taking them on some of the adventures as a rock climber. Rock climbing is a high-risk, high-reward sport. Each time I went out to climb, I would raise the risk level. The better I got at climbing, the riskier climbs became. Little did I know at the time that I was teaching myself about managing risk. This also held up with uh, other sports in which I found myself in, like cycling, mountain biking, adventure racing, mountaineering, and even hiking. I still am an adventurer 
adrenaline junkie. I find as I age, however, that the amount of risk I take is reduced. Why is that? Still, the risk I'm taking is geared to a lower level, still allowing for safety and enjoyment. I think the same goes for work. But the stakes in business and and the safety profession are all about other lives you put at risk. I had to learn that the hard way. You see, some safety managers and directors I've worked with, they see me and think I'm not the safety professional they want to work for them. At first, they love what I do and how quickly I jump into the proverbial fire. I pretty much 10x everything I do. Uh, In other words, I put 10 times the effort into my profession to get the outcomes I desire. In the process, I accidentally step on the boss's toes sometimes and when really all I thought I was doing was helping them. I can honestly say that I have had only two managers who have actually allowed me to run with my leadership style in my career. When allowed to go all out, I was unstoppable at creating the best in class. This initially started me down a path that I'm currently on. This happened 10 years into my Navy career. I met and worked for the first female supervisor ever for me. And she was a senior chief in the Navy and worked in the so-called man's world. I can only imagine her story, the things she may have gone through to become a leader she was when I came into her world. Up to that point, I never really got a lot of focus on my Navy career. I always thought I could do more, but was never offered the opportunity to see what I could do. Then after being handed the reins to lead over 150 military personnel, I sprang into action and we became the top division in our organization. We signed off on an average of over 200 jobs a week. That was double what the previous senior chief and his lead petty officer did. Quick lesson, allow your teams to have fun. I never once had an issue with telling guys they had to work on the weekend. Usually they would volunteer. I know the story doesn't quite relate to safety But while we were completing those jobs, we never once had an injury. A lot of close calls with oxygen bottles overpressurizing, but our cool and calm team always figured out the problems and shut down the equipment when they had to. I never questioned their experience or abilities. I knew they could do the job and were trained correctly. We had a great system in place to teach and mentor the new sailors. After leaving that command, I entered the world of special operations and ran the air operations program for Explosive Ordnance Disposal Mobile Unit 11. That was a fun job. Okay, before I go further into my story, I was not an EOD technician. Parachute rigor through and through. I got lucky and got orders to the mobile unit and that's when jumping out of airplanes became my gig. I worked alongside a team of the most motivated individuals of my entire life. These guys worked hard and played harder. Just my speed. During my second year there, a team of three of us planned and executed over 3,800 jumps with no incidents. In the third year, we had one close call with my division officer. He couldn't steer a canopy even if it was self-steering. Anyway, he flew into a tight area surrounded by buildings and trees. I also landed a couple of Navy corpsmen into trees, but no injuries from the incident. Well, one corpsman got stitches when another rescue corpsman was cutting away the parachute during the rescue. Considering I was the jump master, I was at fault. So, pretty minor considering all the other risk associated with landing in a tree. My last jump in EOD was a hard landing that broke my pelvis and tore a bunch of stuff in my groin area. At the time, I didn't know it. I also hurt my back and neck. So lesson number two, don't push your luck when the wind is right at the threshold of jump cancellation. The 
injury was enough that I could no longer jump without pain. At the end of my enlistment, I had to go back to being a rigger. Not so bad, though. I became a master training specialist in flight physiology. I realized then that I needed to prepare for life as a civilian. My wife convinced me to get my butt back into school. So I went back to college and got my degree. I got it just a few days before retiring from the Navy. Three years. Now, I am not a good student, but college suited me, and I ended up graduating cum laude with a 3.71 grade point average. What? Not bad for somebody with adult ADHD. Probably why I found myself doing super extreme sports like climbing, downhill mountain biking, and a bunch of other potentially killing sports. I retired on December 31st, 2007. That's when I made one of the riskiest moves of my life to that point. We packed up our bags and moved to Houston, Texas. I went on the assumption that I was going to get a safety job with this startup drilling company. I finally did get the job, but it was like three months later. I had started the process of becoming a deputy sheriff in Harris County. Thank God I didn't stick around to become a law enforcement officer. No offense, guys. That was not part of the book there. I just don't think I had the patience required for the job at that time. I also didn't realize how much patience I needed to be a a safety officer either. I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't know what a safety management system even was. I started drinking from a fire hose for the next six months. Before that, I had to go through a ton of training. I did so well with training that the big bosses asked me to be the liaison for the next six weeks of training. Challenge accepted. I always seemed to accept challenges whether I knew how to complete them or not. It's always worked out though. I researched the heck out of whatever it is and I continue doing that even to this day. That six weeks was a serious eye-opener for me. I met and worked with some of the best trainers over that period of time. We created a training program that allowed people to come into the drilling industry that had no experience with living at sea, working at sea, and drilling deep holes in deep oceans. 10,000 feet of water. We created the best teams. Most of the guys are still working in the oil field today. After that training program ended, I was promoted to a safety coach and moved to Singapore to help commission three new semi-submersible oil rigs in one year. Again, no knowledge whatsoever of how to create a safety management system. Okay, so that was just a part of the story. I'm currently writing uh, another book that goes into the stuff most safety professionals won't talk about. It goes into the stuff that made me a bit jaded at times. Anyway, let's get back to safetyology. What are the details held within the pages of my book? Well, the first two chapters cover what a safety management system is and what questions you should be trying to answer. In chapter three, I go over the structure which lays the foundation for the rest of the book. Then in chapter four, I dig into the plan for building safety in your business. Chapter five will be the hardest section to get in place as it covers all of the documentation and data uh, elements. And I break down the details you need to know to make the right decision on what you need and what you don't need in your safety system. Once we get through the, that monster of a chapter, I dive into the uh, the hazard and risk assessments. Now, this is where you will gain the most traction in your safety program. Doing risk assessments on the job the right way will eliminate many safety issues straight away. I start to geek out a little in uh, chapter seven. That's where I show you how auditing and tracking and trending part of the safety program. You have to be able to find ways to improve your program. And this is how 
how? You develop KPIs using audits, tracking incidents, and trending out operational problems with equipment and, you know, the such. So KPI stands for Key Performance Indicators. KPIs help businesses make smarter decisions. Midway through the book, I dive into the emergency response and preparations area of safety. You got to know what to do in case of emergency. It's also really good to know how to set up and arrange systems to alert employees of an array of emergencies uh, that may exist in your business. There are typical things to plan for, like weather, earthquakes, and other natural disasters. But nowadays, you need to plan for the possibility of active shooters and employee violence and what steps to take if something major happens. An example would be if you run a trucking company, for instance, and one of your trucks is involved in an accident. Who does what and when? Do you deploy another driver if the driver involved can't drive? There are ways in which you can be better prepared when the terrible happens. You may not be fully prepared, but enough that you can manage to work through the problems and then continue on from there, we move into chapter nine. That's where I talk about how to properly do an investigation. Now, there are a ton of things and ways in which people handle this part of the program. I'm only showing you what has worked for me and will most definitely work for you. I really dig this part of the job because it reminds me of the days when I worked in military security and had to do investigation training along with working alongside actual military investigators. Now, the remaining chapters of the book will go into more difficult parts of safety development, like the compensation safetyologist is definitely the hardest part of the program for me. My military background made me a bit rougher with people. I would start out really wanting to help the employee. And then if you know I found out they were faking it, I would get pretty tough on them. Now, don't get me wrong here. When someone got hurt and needed support, they could rely on me to make sure they were taken care of. But on the other hand, if they were liars and fakes, I would do my darndest to make sure they were required to work. If it was bad enough that all they could do is administrative work and they were a mechanic, say for instance, then you bet I'd make sure they were at work doing inventory or data entry or something of that sort. Anything that was approved by the healthcare provider is what I would put in my return to works. And so I talk about that in the book as well. I could talk a lot about the compensation side and L&I and some of the really trials and tribulations that go along with that. However, that's going to be for another podcast at another time. Anyway, like I said, I think it's time to wrap this one up and get going with what you know what we were talking about here, and that's my book, Safetyology. Now, in chapter 11, that is all about ergonomics, but not the traditional ergonomics you see when uh, in other safety books. I tend to focus on the proactive programs that work to help employees uh, keep in good shape by managing stretching routines along with exercises to warm up before work. I can tell you right now, though, that that will get you a lot of flack on that. But stand true to the program and work through the initial bad-mouthing stuff. Eventually, your employees will start to see and feel the results of stretching and warming up before work. And before you know it, the morning stretching group will be the norm. 
I have found that this part of the program lays the foundations for developing high-performing teams. That's why I put those chapters uh, one after the other. Chapter 12 lays out the groundwork to build great teams in your organization. And then I saved the best three chapters for last as I wanted you to get through the toughest parts first. Now, training is not an easy task, but if you set it up right, you will be way beyond the traditional safety uh, programs, small businesses is normally put in place. Now, the final two chapters are all about building on the first 14 chapters. In these two chapters, you will find ways I've used to take my safety systems to the next level. I've taken teams and companies from small to large and created awesome groups through proper coaching. Now, in my coaching programs, I teach people how they should be with others and how psychological safety is the key to unlocking the door to successful businesses. Success in business has always been the people. Without them, your business will flounder. Now, I'm not saying all businesses must grow into big businesses. I'm just saying if you want your business to grow to sizes you can hardly imagine, then people will be your key. And how successful you are is totally dependent on how well you build the team. Okay, folks, that's a wrap on today's podcast. Uh, If you have any questions or comments regarding Safetyology, the book, leave me a message at pdcsafety.com and make the subject line either podcast or book question or comment, book comment, you know. Uh, If you're watching this podcast on YouTube, then just go ahead and leave me a comment in the uh, comment section below. Thanks for listening today and watching uh, my talking head if you were on YouTube. Bye, folks. 